Day 6 of Totus Tuus's Novena for the Church in Europe With quotes from Blessed John Paul II's Apostolic Exhortation Ecclesia in Europa Celebrating the Gospel of Hope To him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. The Gospel of Hope, as a proclamation of the truth which sets us free, is meant to be celebrated. Before the Lamb of the Book of Revelation, there begins a solemn liturgy of praise and adoration. To him who sits upon the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honour and glory and might for ever and ever. This vision, which reveals both God and the meaning of all history, takes place on the Lord's Day, the day of the Resurrection, as relived by the Sunday Assembly. The Church which receives this revelation is a community of prayer. In her prayer, she listens to her Lord and hears what the Spirit is saying to her. She worships, gives praise, offers thanks, and ends by imploring the coming of the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. She thus declares that salvation comes from him alone. Church of God dwelling in Europe, you too are called to be a community which prays, celebrating your Lord in the sacraments, in the liturgy, and in your whole life. In prayer you will discover the Lord's life-giving presence. By making him the foundation of all your activity, you will thus be able to invite Europeans to an encounter with him, our true hope, the one who alone knows how to satisfy fully the yearning for God hidden in the different forms of religious quest now reappearing in contemporary Europe. Despite the dechristianization of vast areas of the European continent, there are signs which suggest an image of a church which, in believing, proclaims, celebrates and serves her Lord. Indeed, examples are not lacking of authentic Christians who experience contemplative silence, faithfully take part in spiritual activities, live the gospel in their daily lives, and bear witness to it in the different settings in which they are involved. Moreover, we can discern examples of a popular holiness which indicate that in contemporary Europe too, it is not impossible to live the gospel individually and in an authentic community experience. Together with the many examples of genuine faith, there also exists in Europe a vague and at times deviant religiosity its signs are often generic and superficial, or even contradictory, in the very persons who manifest them. There are evident signs of a flight to spiritualism, of religious and esoteric syncretism, of a frantic search for extraordinary events, even to the point of making aberrant decisions, such as joining dangerous sects or engaging in pseudo-religious experiences. The widespread desire for spiritual nourishment needs to be accepted with understanding and purified. 
to the person who becomes aware, even if in a confused way, of not being able to live by bread alone. The church must be able to give convincing witness to the words which Jesus spoke to the tempter. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In the context of today's society, often close to transcendence, oppressed by consumeristic behaviour, easily falling prey to old and new forms of idolatry, yet at the same time thirsting for something which goes beyond the immediate. The task that awaits the Church in Europe is both demanding and exciting. It consists in rediscovering the sense of mystery, in renewing liturgical celebrations so that they can be more eloquent signs of the presence of Christ the Lord, in ensuring greater silence in prayer and in contemplation, in returning to the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and penance, as wellsprings of freedom and new hope. For this reason, I urgently invite you, the Church living in Europe, be a Church that prays, praises God, recognising his absolute primacy, magnifying him with joyful faith. We discover the sense of mystery. Live it with humble gratitude. Testify to it with conviction and contagious joy. Celebrate the salvation which comes from Christ. Welcome it as a gift which makes of you its sacrament. Make your life a true spiritual worship pleasing to God. Certain signs point to a weakening in the sense of mystery in the very liturgical celebrations which should be fostering that sense. It is therefore urgent that the authentic sense of the liturgy be revived in the Church. The liturgy is a means of sanctification. It is a celebration of the Church's faith and a means of transmitting the faith. Together with sacred scripture and the teachings of the fathers of the church, it is a living source of authentic and sound spirituality. As the tradition of the venerable Eastern churches also clearly emphasizes, it is through the liturgy that the faithful enter into communion with the Most Holy Trinity and experience their sharing in the divine nature as a gift of grace. In this way, the liturgy becomes a foretaste of final blessedness and a sharing in the glory of heaven. Liturgical celebrations need once more to put Jesus at the centre so that we can be enlightened and guided by him. Here we can find one of the most forceful responses which our communities are called to make in the face of any kind of vague or inconsistent religiosity. The purpose of the liturgy of the church is not to placate people's desires or fears, but to hear and receive the living Jesus, who honours and praises the Father, in order that we may praise and honour the Father with him. The Church's celebrations proclaim that our hope comes to us from God, through Jesus our Lord. This involves experiencing the liturgy as a work of the Trinity, it is the Father who acts for us in the mysteries being celebrated. It is He who speaks to us 
forgives us, listens to us, and gives us his spirit. It is to him that we turn. It is he whom we hear, praise and invoke. It is Jesus who affects our sanctification by making us sharers in his mystery. It is the Holy Spirit who by the working of his grace makes us the body of Christ, the Church. The liturgy must be lived as proclamation and anticipation of our future glory, the ultimate goal of our hope. As the Council teaches, in the earthly liturgy we take part in a foretaste of that heavenly liturgy which is celebrated in the holy city of Jerusalem towards which we journey as pilgrims until Christ our life will appear and we too will appear with him in glory. Although in the period following the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council real progress has been made towards experiencing the authentic meaning of the liturgy, much remains to be done. Continual renewal and constant training are needed for everyone, the ordained, consecrated people and the laity. True renewal, far from depending on arbitrary actions, consists of constantly developing an awareness of the sense of mystery in order to create liturgical moments of communion with the great and holy mystery of the Trinity. By celebrating the sacred actions as a relationship with God and an acceptance of his gifts, the expression of an authentic spiritual life, the Church in Europe will truly be able to nourish her hope and offer that hope to those who have lost it. To this end, a great effort of education is needed aimed at fostering an understanding of the true meaning of the Church's liturgical celebrations. It requires, in addition to an adequate instruction in the rites, an authentic spirituality and formation in experiencing those celebrations fully. Consequently, an authentically liturgical mystagogy needs to be better promoted, with the active participation of all the faithful, each according to his or her proper role, in the sacred mysteries, and especially the Eucharist. A prominent place needs to be given to the celebration of the sacraments, as actions of Christ and of the Church ordered to the worship of God, to the sanctification of people, and to the building up of the ecclesial community. In the knowledge that in them Christ himself is acting through the Holy Spirit, the sacraments should be celebrated with the greatest care and under appropriate conditions. The particular churches on the continent will have to make efforts to strengthen their pastoral practice with regard to the sacraments, so that their deepest reality is understood. The Synod Fathers have stressed the need for this in order to respond to two dangers. On the one hand, certain sectors of the church seem to have lost sight of the genuine meaning of the sacraments, and might trivialise the mysteries being celebrated while on the other hand, many of the baptized, following customs and traditional practices, continue to have recourse to the sacraments at significant moments of their life, yet do not live in accordance with the Church's teaching. The Eucharist, the greatest gift of Christ to the Church, makes present in mystery 
the sacrifice of Christ offered for our salvation. In the most blessed Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual good of the Church, namely Christ himself, our Pasch. The pilgrim Church draws sustenance from the Eucharist, the source and summit of the Christian life, and finds there the source of all her hope. The Eucharist, in fact, spurs us on on our journey through history and plants a seed of living hope in our daily commitment to the work before us. We are all invited to profess faith in the Eucharist, the pledge of future glory, in the certainty that the communion with Christ, now experienced by pilgrims in their mortal lives, is a foretaste of their ultimate encounter with him, on that day when we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The Eucharist is a taste of eternity within time. It is God's presence and our communion with that presence. As the memorial of Christ's Passover, it is by its very nature a bearer of grace within human history. It opens us to the future of God as communion with Christ with his body and blood, it is a sharing in God's own eternal life. Along with the Eucharist, the sacrament of reconciliation must also exercise a fundamental role in the recovery of hope. A personal experience of the forgiveness of God for each one of us is, in fact, the essential foundation of every hope for our future. One of the roots of the hopelessness that assails many people today is found in their inability to see themselves as sinners and to allow themselves to be forgiven. An inability often resulting from the isolation of those who, by living as if God did not exist, have no one from whom they can seek forgiveness. Those who, on the other hand, acknowledge that they are sinners and entrust themselves to the mercy of the Heavenly Father experience the joy of an authentic liberation and can continue life without being trapped in their own misery. In this way, they receive the grace of a new beginning and again find reasons for hope. For this reason, the sacrament of reconciliation needs to be revitalized in the Church in Europe. It must be reaffirmed, however, that the form of the sacrament is the personal confession of sins followed by individual absolution. This encounter between the penitent and the priest should be encouraged in any of the forms provided for in the rite of the sacrament. Faced with a widespread loss of the sense of sin and the growth of a mentality marked by relativism and subjectivism in morality, every ecclesial community needs to provide for the serious formation of consciences. The Synod Fathers have insisted on the recognition of the reality of personal sin and the necessity of personal forgiveness by God through the ministry of the priest. Collective absolutions are not an alternative way of administering the Sacrament of Reconciliation. I appeal to priests and I encourage them to give generously of their time in hearing confessions 
and to be an example to others by their own regular reception of the sacrament of penance. I urge them to keep current in the field of moral theology in order to approach knowledgeably the issues which have lately arisen in personal and social morality. Furthermore, they should be particularly concerned for the concrete living situation of the faithful and capable of patiently guiding them to a recognition of the requirements of Christian moral law so as to help them experience the sacrament as a joyous encounter with the mercy of the Heavenly Father. Together with the celebration of the Eucharist, there is also a need to promote other forms of community prayer and to help people rediscover the bond linking the latter and liturgical prayer. In particular, in fidelity to the tradition of the Latin Church, different forms of Eucharistic worship outside of Mass should be promoted private adoration, Eucharistic exposition and processions, which should be seen as an expression of faith in the continuing real presence of the Lord in the sacrament of the altar. In both personal and communal celebrations of the Liturgy of the Hours, which the Second Vatican Council recommended as also of great value for the lay faithful, efforts should be made to show their relationship with the Eucharistic mystery. Families should be encouraged to make time to pray together and thus to interpret the whole of marriage and family life in the light of the gospel. In this way, starting in the family and in hearing the word of God, a domestic liturgy will gradually emerge, which will then mark every event in the life of the family. Every form of community prayer presupposes individual prayer. Between the individual and God, there arises that true converse which finds expression in praise, thanksgiving and petition, addressed to the Father through Jesus Christ and in the Holy Spirit. Personal prayer, which is, as it were, the very breath of the Christian, should never be neglected. There is also a need to help the faithful to rediscover the link between this personal prayer and liturgical prayer. Special consideration also needs to be given to popular piety. Widely diffused in different areas of Europe through confraternities, pilgrimages and processions to numerous shrines, it enriches the unfolding of the liturgical year and inspires traditions and customs in families and in society. All these forms of popular piety should be carefully evaluated through a pastoral effort of promotion and renewal aimed at helping them to accent those elements which authentically express the wisdom of the people of God. An example of such devotions is surely the Holy Rosary. In this year dedicated to the Rosary, I once more heartily recommend its recitation, for the Rosary, reclaimed in its full meaning, goes to the very heart of Christian life. It offers a familiar yet fruitful spiritual and educational opportunity for personal contemplation the formation of the people of God, and the new evangelization. With regard to popular piety, constant vigilance is needed in order to prevent ambiguities in certain of its manifestations, to preserve them from secularizing influences, crass commercialization, or even the risk of superstition, and to keep them within sound and authentic forms. This calls for a work of education aimed at explaining how popular piety 
must always find expression in a way consonant with the Church's liturgy and in relation to the sacraments. It must not be forgotten that the spiritual worship, holy and acceptable to God, takes place above all in daily life, lived in charity through the free and generous gift of self, even at times of apparent powerlessness. In this way, life comes to be inspired by indestructible hope, for it is entrusted to the certainty of God's power and the victory of Christ alone. It becomes a life filled with consolations of God, with which we, in turn, are called to bring comfort to those whom we encounter along the way. The Lord's Day is a highly evocative and defining moment in the celebration of the Gospel of Hope. Nowadays it is more and more difficult for Christians to be able fully to experience Sunday as the day of encounter with the Lord. Not infrequently, Sunday is reduced to a weekend, a simple time of recreation. Thus there is need for a structured pastoral program with educational, spiritual and social components which can help people to experience the true meaning of Sunday. Consequently, I renew my encouragement to recover the deepest meaning of the day of the Lord. Sunday should be sanctified by sharing in the Eucharist, and by rest, enriched with Christian joy and fellowship. It needs to be celebrated as the heart of all worship, an unceasing prefigurement of unending life, which reinvigorates hope and encourages us on our journey. There should be no fear, then, of defending the Lord's Day against every attack and making every effort to ensure that in the organisation of labour it is safeguarded so that it can be a day meant for man, to the benefit of all society. Indeed, were Sunday deprived of its original meaning, and it were no longer possible to make suitable time for prayer, rest, fellowship and joy, the result could very well be that people stay locked within a horizon so limited that they can no longer see the heavens. Hence, though ready to celebrate, they are really incapable of doing so. And without the dimension of celebration, hope would have no home in which to dwell. Let us pray. Mary, Mother of Hope, walk with us. Teach us to proclaim the living God. Help us to witness to Jesus, the only Saviour. Make us helpful towards our neighbours, welcoming to the needy, workers for justice, impassioned builders of a more just world. Intercede for us as we carry out our work in history, certain that the Father's plan will be accomplished. Dawn of a new world, show yourself, Mother of Hope, and watch over us. Watch over the Church in Europe, that she may be transparent to the Gospel, that she may be an authentic place of communion, living out her mission of announcing, celebrating and serving the Gospel of life, for the peace and joy of everyone. 
Queen of Peace. Protect humanity in the third millennium. Watch over all Christians. May they advance confidently on the path of unity as a leaven for the harmony of the continent. Watch over young people, the hope of the future. May they respond generously to the call of Jesus. Watch over the leaders of nations. May they be committed to building a common home in which the dignity and rights of every person are respected. Mary, give us Jesus. Help us to follow him and love him. He is the hope of the Church, of Europe, and of all humanity. He lives with us, in our midst, in his Church. With you we say, Come, Lord Jesus. May the hope of glory which he has poured into our hearts bear fruits of justice and peace. Amen. St. Benedict, pray for us. St. Bridget of Sweden, pray for us. St. Catherine of Siena, pray for us. St. Cyril and Methodius, pray for us. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen.